This is not a dream job, this is reality. I am an actor. The best word I can say but uh, will describe this was boom. The Premier League is a fraud. Yeah, Nobby Styles, he was football's equivalent to Popeye. Weedy looking man with glasses and no teeth. And when he walked on that football field, you'd think it was Goliath. It frustrates me, I mean, Martinez lose all the... I mean, it's like Men in Black is. Have you ever seen the film Men in Black? I always see Ben Affleck, a yelling kebab. Ferret head. Very much looks like a ferret, doesn't it? <laughs> Hello and welcome to the Balls at IE football show, which is our football show here on Balls at IE, brought to you in association with Labrooks. This week we've got a very special show coming up because not only do we have um, the, the Golden Balls, they're back, they're terribly named, we'll talk about that in a bit, but we've uh, that's our, our annual award ceremony, our alternative award ceremony that we do here on Balls at IE, but we've also got an interview with Ireland International Noel Hunt coming up. Gavin Cooney is joining me on the podcast this week. Gavin. How are things? How are you? I am. I'm Mikey Trainer as well. I didn't say that, so I'll say that. Um, how are you? Very, very well. Yeah, glad to be here. Yes, um, we've got a fan in the podcast room now, which makes things a lot better as we uh, as we get deeper into May. You can uh, you can write your own jokes there. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even realize. Finally got a fan. I didn't even realize. Now, cool air ventilation, all those good things, uh, which are you know conducive to a successful podcast. So let's. Uh, Let's mosey on. We, 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 we've got a Labrooks Bet of the Week coming up as well, we, off the back of a fantastic success by Gavin O'Callaghan, who we've uh, honoured by axing him for this week. No, we're only joking. He's not in today, but he does have a 100% uh, Labrooks Bet of the Week record. So Retire him. We'll be more on that later. But first, we better dive into our award ceremony. Yes, you are very welcome to the second annual Golden Balls Awards Ceremony. We really should <laughs> change that title. It's, uh, we've had it for over a year now, and it's the best name that we've c- we could c- come well, up it, with. Well, yeah, there's room to change it. It's the second annual Golden Balls Award. Basically, what we're here to do is offer an alternative uh, Player of the Year awards, awards night, because, you know, it's just all so predictable. Mm. Chelsea won the league, they deserve to win it. Their players are getting all the accolades. First, second, and third, arguably, in, in the player of the year races you could have given to Chelsea players. Conte, walk manager league. It's also mundane. So we are here to offer a slightly less, but also quite mundane, awards <laughs> ceremony. We've got, some, uh, <laughs> we've got some crackers. We're going to start with, rather than the player of the year, because it's, it's, it's Kante or Hazard. Like, if you're arguing with the fact that Kante or Hazard is player of the year, then give up <laughs> um so we're our our player of the war our player of the season is the hipster player of the season um which isn't that much of a hipster choice this year i just think it's there's some there's some candidates involved michael mm-hmm. Keane is one we've discussed gilfie sigurdsson had my shout one of the yeah, most influential man player. but ultimately the, ultimately game. we've settled on christian erickson of spurs and the reasoning behind this is spurs have had a lot of really good individual performers this year deli ali young min son harry kane even at the back, Alderweireld and Vertonghen have been immense again. Moussa Dembele in midfield. Their Spurs have been really good. They've been uh, pretty but good. Christian Eriksen was voted uh, Spurs fans player of the year, which shows you that there's a real appreciation for the work that Christian Eriksen does. Now, Christian Eriksen, you, you couldn't call him like a, a hipster's choice for a player cause, and, or underrated. You couldn't call him underrated because he's rated highly. He's a very yeah. good player. But he, he's, he's not in any of the team of the seasons. He's never in the discussion for player of the year. And he's unbelievable. And he's also, I kind of feel sorry for him, he's not making... In relative terms, very much money at all. No, and you know, he signed a new contract for seventy thousand pounds a yeah. week. Nothing bizarre. Um, but his set pieces are awful, and they have, well, they were really good, but now they're they're really poor again. Okay. But uh, aside from that, he's been absolutely amazing, and he's made Spurs tick. So he gets our shout for hipster player of the season. Hipster <laughs> hipster manager of the season was more difficult. Um, <laughs> hipster manager of the season is oddly similar to uh, the well advertised manager of the seasons you'll see everywhere else. And we have gone with Antonio Conte. Yeah, because at the end of the day, Antonio Conte wins Manager of the Year. And then if you're looking for after him, who was the best man, it's still Antonio Conte. Yeah, like we, we wanted to give this to Tony Pulis. But like while West Brom's season has been vastly improved, 
that's largely down to a lot of the other teams below them and falling to shit. West Brom also jacked it in about two months ago. Well, they, they, that's they the get to forty points, to get to forty foot off the gas, but and like that's to be respected in a way. But um, we just we couldn't really give it to, to Pulis like that. It's Conte. It's it has to be Conte. Conte's and just been really, Conte really gets good. it for a number of reasons, but the main reason I think he deserves it is to be able to put up with Diego Costa on a daily basis. And not only that, but completely strong arm him during the whole China debacle. Conte played that to perfection. Yeah. With a hazard as well. Conte's just been amazing this year. Um, game of the season. Now, this was... This was a more difficult one. You you had one in mind coming in. I, we had a few. I had uh, shouts for Man City won, Liverpool won at the Etihad, where both sides just kind of eschewed defending all together. Um, and it was such a wide open game and both sides missed so many easy chances. It was a real thriller. Uh, it was one of the kind of few good games in the run in the last three or four months of the season. Uh, I love the first Manchester derby uh, that City won at the Old Trafford. Henrik Mkhitaryan famously got hauled off. Yeah, that was a really good game. Uh, as was, uh, it escapes me now, Liverpool 4, Arsenal 3 at the Emirates on the first day of the season. Yeah, that's, that was that was my shade. The, like the the birth of, of Liverpool Mane, this beast that nobody really expected him to hit the ground running as, as fast as he did even a lot of Liverpool fans were upset with that transfer last summer because of the fee that was paid from but straight in impact incredible uh, Coutinho as well scored the perfect free kick in that it game was delightful. which had to be admired but ultimately we have settled for you can't argue with nine goals <laughs> in a Premier League game so we've gone with Everton six Bournemouth three from February which also had two Irishmen on the score sheet James McCarthy scored Harry Arthur scored Romelu Lukaku scored four goals. So that's the game that's going to be the reason why he finishes top scorer in the league mm-hmm. if he does. Um, and like nine goals in a Premier League game, you can't ask for much more. There's also that. nine more goals and featured in the worst game of the season, which was the well-advertised Red Monday. Red Monday. On Sky Sports. But that finished Liverpool nil, Manchester United nil. Entirely due to Jose Mourinho and Marion Fellaini. Yeah. Um, Man United were in a, a dark time. Okay. This was before, I think this was before the the infamous unbeaten run where uh, <laughs> where you know nothing was achieved but th- it, it, yeah there was a lot of worry that Liverpool were going to beat Man United and that was going to be too much to recover from so Jose Mourinho went right we'll have a nil all uh, we'll have absolutely no chances at either end apart from random pops from, from Jordan Henderson from 40 yards but uh, awful awful game terrible and Sky Sports deserved it yeah. as well they did they absolutely <laughs> deserved it the next one is, is, is probably the best award we do give out here mm-hmm it's the Louis van Gaal Diving on the Floor Award for Best Moment of the Season. So what we're talking about is uh, the most, like, most gifable moments from the Premier League uh, season. And of course, we're going to forget a few. And we can be accused of recency bias. But it is also the correct choice. Yeah. We've gone for Johnny Evans' um, arsing Cesc Fabregas <laughs> and then just stroking the ball with his hands <laughs> in a just total disregard for the rules like, of football some of the world's best players in the, the, some of the best players in the history of the game owe much of their success uh, to the strength and the versatility yeah. of their arse mm-hmm. uh, Kenny Dalglish would be the main one yep. he's now got a stand named after him at Anfield because he was so successful in shielding defenders off the ball with his enormous arse uh, so not only did Johnny Evans also do that he then also uh, tried <laughs> to do a, like a secret uh, clandestine no, uh, drag yeah, back it was, yeah, it was like the but second, didn't do it very very well it's like and the second the part of a Zidane <laughs> roulette except he just used sand to do it it was unbelievable and it was one of those ones where you didn't quite this is what makes them best the best moments as well is when you don't quite catch it live but then you see a replay and you're like oh what? my god so he plants the arse on Cesc Fabregas rolls the ball with his hand it's like that kid who nobody really likes on the playground in school but he always wants to be the centre of attention and he messes up the game of football and for that to come from Johnny Evans was just a, a great, great moment. And we think deserving of the best moment of the Deserving season. of Van Gaal's crown. The uh, next award on this prestigious list is the David Moyes Took Our Chips Award for Legitimate Footballer Grievances. You may remember after David Moyes was sacked at Manchester United a couple of years ago, um, all the stories started leaking of the terrible things that he'd subjected these Manchester United players to. And this included removing chips from the club's canteen. Um, the same fate has befallen Claudio Ranieri this season. Oh so this award is going to Danny Simpson and the rest of the Leicester City squad. Here's a quote from the Times. Uh, After games, we would have chicken burgers and potato wedges, and he then changed them to sweet potatoes and pasta. I understand his point, but the lads liked what we were used to. 
chicken and wedges. Like Ranieri sympathizers, do you really have a leg to stand on after that? He took away the wedges and the chicken burgers. Crass. He had to go. He absolutely had to go in there. The Eamon Dunphy Award for a pundit talking utter fucking nonsense is the next uh, award. And Jesus, there were a lot of candidates this year for that one. Um, um, it does, of course, sorry, I'm losing my notes. It does have to go uh, to Craig Burley of ESPN. Interesting. Um, for a kind of a weird equivalency that he drew on Twitter a couple of months ago uh, around the time of uh, Sutton United's um, journey in the FA Cup. Uh, the tweet was, uh, Wenger oversees Champions League shambles, stays. Uh, fat Nonley goalkeeper eats pie, resigns. Well, Just saying. I would argue straight away obviously you've got Paul Merson on um, on Marco Silva is, is a huge candidate there ultimately the fact that Hull are going down I think just takes away from that a little bit because it was so beautiful to watch Hull go on this incredible run after just the most Brexit punditry I've ever <laughs> seen in my entire life and also another one that, that was well in with a shape was Phil Neville's just complete refusal to acknowledge any fault in the play of John Stones <laughs> which was, was difficult to stomach um, as you know as someone who watched what was happening um, but no I think, I think we'll give it to Craig Burley in the end there didn't John Stones give away two penalties in that game? I think, I think, that was it, I think yeah. Phil Neville described his um He's getting his no help from Amende. It's not Amende. It's not Amende. <laughs> I think he called it exemplary, oh, apart from those, you know, those two <laughs> penalties you gave away, John. The Pulitzer Prize for important investigative reporting in the field of football. Now, sometimes like football is has this reputation of, you know, the media don't really delve into the deeper issues and the most important issues like they do in other sports, like athletics and so on. Um, we're here to tell them that they're wrong. Uh, there was very important investigative uh, work done regarding the use of banned substances mm-hmm. in football earlier this season, and thankfully Wayne Shaw had to resign for eating a pie on a substitute bench during a game. That's it, I mean... So well done, English media. You've yeah, done your job. You got, you got it. And he's since spoken. He was on Radio 5 Live last week saying that his entire life has fallen apart. Oh, no. Which is, which is horrible. Oh. Because he's lost his job and, you know, he's been accused of being a cheat, a gambling cheat. So that's... The price we pay for a free press. But, you know, he deserves to because he's a Premier League footballer and earns all that money. So he should be able to deal with it. Oh, wait. No, he's not. <laughs> the Office of the President will moderate Donald Trump Award for Poorly Aged Hot Take. We've gone for Tim Sherwood on BN Sports. Throw yourself back to 24th of September last year, conversation in the BN Sports studio. Tim Sherwood says to Richard Keyes, question, would Steve Bruce do a worse job than Conte is doing? Richard Keyes replies, hmm, fair question. So we'll move on. The Eamon Dunphy Award for highest guff to minute ratio on air goes to... Eamon Dunphy! Eamon Dunphy. I mean, he's really, like, the back end of the season, he's really put it in. He's you come into tell, his own. You yeah. know, he's got that, he's got the endurance to, you know, talk complete waffle <laughs> that, uh, that other underpundits just don't have. And him himself, I mean, the, the, the candidates for this award were Eamon Dunphy on, Eamon Dunphy on, and Eamon Dunphy on. I mean, um, there were no elbows in my day. Is an is uh, early contender. Good like. shade for Leo Messi is in decline and uh, before the game against Man City in which Messi then scored a hat-trick. Yeah. Um, calling Gonzalo Higuain an expensive donkey. And Mario Mandzukic a donkey. Like, Mandzukic is such a big part of Juventus' success this season. Playing completely out of position on the left wing and putting in an absolutely incredible shift up the touchline. But he's just a donkey. He's just been completely written off as a donkey. And uh, Atletico Madrid are a selling club, which is a fair point. Uh, but the evidence that he used was they're selling Diego Forlan to Manchester United uh, the one good player that they haven't had to sell in the past 10 years Diego Costa, is Diego Forlan Sergio Aguero uh, Fernando Torres David De Gea I mean like the list goes on there's so many Arda Turan there's just so many players that have to leave Atletico Fernando Tor- <laughs> Diego Forlan isn't one of them no. <laughs> an absolutely bizarre shape from him there the Mark Lawrence award for inaccurate predictions uh, all of you who backed Antonio Conte to be sacked after sen- seven games Betting by Chelsea. Betting was suspended. They were seventh in the Premier League after seven and games. They l- then. Like, let's call it spade a spade. They looked crap. Yeah. They looked all over the place early on, Chelsea. I remember, was it, uh, was it Arsenal they played and just got completely found out? I'm not sure, but they had one really big game and everyone was just like, oh, this Chelsea was team are hopeless. They lost why did, why did they resign David Luiz? Beaten out the gate at, away to Arsenal 3-0 and then the back three came into came into effect and then they won the league from there another shout for that one of course is Mark Lawrenson who uh, it was recently discovered that if you took his predictions for every week of the Premier League season and added them together and made a league table Liverpool would have won the league and would have made history with an unbeaten season (laughs) 
<laughs> Never once did he back. Never fail to lose. Oh, Lord. Good man himself. The best football song of the year. Um, we couldn't find uh, any good nominations from the Premier League for this one, so we've taken a dive down into uh, into the lower leagues in English football. And it goes to Bristol Rovers fans uh, who chanted at Dagenham and Redbridge keeper Elliot Justham, "You're just a shit Tesco sandwich." There really is a sandwich in Tesco that's t- called Just Ham, and it's a bit shit. And it, I actually I don't mind it, but I lo- I'm, <laughs> I'm notorious for liking bland food. So the worst football song of the year again, recency bias coming into effect. But uh, and this one happened last night. It was the uh, Chelsea were playing Watford, and Chelsea fans, you know, rightly decided they wanted to show their love for Antonio Conte and the fantastic work he's done. So they repeatedly chanted Antonio over and over again. They couldn't even find a song to steal and throw Antonio Conte into. They just shouted Antonio, which is an improvement from just shouting Chelsea a lot. They don't really... It's got nothing. I love the Spurs chant for Pochettino. He's magic, you know. Yeah. That's quite good. And also... Better than I sang it there. Yeah. Also, the, the, I, I do have a lot of time for the Man United Mkhitaryan chant. It doesn't get sang a lot. Okay. Mkhitaryan, Henrik Mkhitaryan. He's our midfield Armenian to the, <laughs> <laughs> to the tune of Illegal Alien. Uh, quote of the season. This one we've got a top three for. In third place is... Sam Allardyce on Harry the Hornet. Uh, that mascot is out of order, isn't he? If someone's diving, they don't get that angry. The Premier League and the FA can look at that and do what they want to do. And uh, that's in relation to Harry the Hornet mocking Wilfred Zaha for diving. In second place, Sam Allardyce on Roy Hodgson. He's, he'll send them all to sleep, Roy. Why? He hasn't got the personality for it. Just uh, a dig. But hard luck to Sam Allardyce, who's been nudged out of first place by Sam Allardyce uh, on Prince Harry. Harry's a naughty boy. He's a naughty boy. Very naughty. He shows his bottom and all sorts. And all sorts. Licorice, all sorts. Of course he does. That's a fantastic... Uh, Honourable mention is there is Jamie Carragher's evisceration of the Arsenal players. And I would throw... Um, I would throw Phil Neville into that as well for saying that Nacho Monreal looks like he's going to a christening while he, yeah, when he's ready with the announcement. another late shout. Uh, we'll move on to tweets of the year. We're almost finished here with our roundup. And first up is Raphael Honigstein of BT Sports European Football Show fame on Luke Shaw winning an equalising penalty against Everton. Shaw's shanked redemption. Beautiful. Just simple to the point. What a tweet should be as opposed to you know the absolute poison that most of uh, you The numbers uh, were outstanding on it. And then we what's second place? We've got Daniel Smead. Uh, so this, uh, you may throw your mind back to the Champions League knockout stages. Craig Shakespeare's taken over for the second leg against Sevilla. Samir Nasri gets sent off for headbutting uh, Jamie Vardy. If a Seville tabloid don't use the headline, much ado about nothing, with big pics of Nasri and Shakespeare, I'm going over there. He added Sid Lowe in it, but that was some, something for <laughs> everyone to enjoy. And enjoy it, we did. And first place has gone to Soren Lawrenson, a very Danish-sounding man. Yeah, is I he think from he, Denmark? Uh, I think he's just a fan, um, but it was bef- <laughs> uh, it was kind of mocking Jamie Redknapp, which is always fine with us. Yep. Uh, Jamie Redknapp before a Premier League game. Um, oh, I think Palace have got to make it hard for Chelsea. Uh, cut to Alan Pardew ripping down Make It Easy from the flip chart in the dressing room. Mm-hmm. It was a cracker. We should have that on screen for you some now as well. It's just more work for Stephen to do who's editing this video, so thank you for that. Of course, you will disagree strongly with the vast majority of our selections, and that's not a problem at all. But rather than just telling us that we're shit, tell us what you would have voted for instead. Huge thank you for watching. We'll continue with our podcast, which you can check out on iTunes and SoundCloud and Audioboom and Libsyn and all those places. But uh, for the video, we'll catch you for the next one. So I should clarify that I am the one to blame for Golden Balls, the name. Yeah, yeah, sure. But like, Um, it's there now. I mean, I did it last year quite quickly and it was the best I could come up with. And I don't think it was was the best. I don't think I was hampered by a lack of time just hampered by a severe lack of creativity. Yeah, and then this year we are hampered by lack of time. So that's why. Yeah, we and changed. also, you know, we can dress it up as tradition. <laughs> sure. Yeah, that's, you know, it'd be rude to change it after, after the unprecedented success of, uh, of last year. Now, Noel Hunt is a man that I've, uh, I have a lot of time for. Um, I think he's, he's been one of the be- better characters we've seen around the Ireland squads in a couple of years. Of course, there was that famous uh, whose goal is a debate between himself and, and Robbie Keane from Barry after one of the most iconic flick-ons ever seen in the sport of football <laughs> from Caleb Fallon. Um, just fantastic memories for every Irish fan, I'm sure you'll agree. Gavin, you got the chance mm-hmm. to catch up and have a chat with him. So let's, uh, let's hear how that went. Get double the odds on first goal scorer with Ladbrokes. That's right, if you're winning first goal scorer scores in the opening 20 minutes of selected live matches, then Ladbrokes will double the odds. 
Available in Ladbrook shops nationwide. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. Dunlewy.net. We're delighted to be joined by Noel Hunt on this week's podcast. Noel, thanks very much for joining us. Uh, you were at Reading last night to see your old side's playoff win against Fulham. A pretty successful night all round. Absolutely, yeah. It was, uh, was a, it was a very good game. You know, a game of chess. I thought it looked like from the from the upper tiers, um, you know. So yeah, absolutely delighted for the boys there and, and you know the people involved at the club. It's a, it's a massive achievement again, and I think it's the fourth time now in in, in probably you know going on twenty years where they've reached Wembley. So hopefully they can win this time. You were doing radio commentary, weren't you? I was. I was doing radio. Yeah, yeah, I was doing radio. Uh, with a face like this, I only get radio jobs. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, it was a uh, it, it was good now it was good it was nice you know I sat up there um, the, the manager came in after you know, we got to speak to him for a few minutes and, and you know it was it was really good a great great night like I said it's a great win for the club I don't think no one gave him really a prayer but uh, yet again you know little old Redden defied the odds yeah and successful season for your former side successful season as well for your current side League Two winners with Portsmouth yeah absolutely. Absolutely, yeah. Um, couldn't believe it. Really, we obviously got promoted that early. We had three three games left, and I think we we're seven points off Doncaster at the time, and 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 six points off 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 Plymouth. So you know, to end up winning the league um, on the last day with 18 minutes to go, you know, in the scenes, um, I, I wasn't involved myself because of my injury, but uh, you know, the manager made me sit in his office with my phone on, and I was, and I was speaking to my dad asking what was happening in the games, you know, so uh, oh, wow. he was keeping me updated on the Doncaster game and the, and the Plymouth game, so it was, uh, you know, it was nice to be involved and it was it was obviously a great day, what a fantastic day for the club, you know, and uh, for, for what them fans have gone through for the last six or seven years, um, you know, it's, it's fully deserved. Yeah, because Portsmouth is such a big club, really, having spent so long in the Premier League and they've been so starved of success and had such a difficult few years, so that must have made the experience extra special. Absolutely, uh, you know, it, you talk about the players that have come through the club, you know, you talk about David James International, you know, Jermaine Defoe, Peter Crouch, you know, Len Johnson, you, you can go on then, you've got Prince Boateng, you've got all these boys that have played such high levels of football, the highest levels of football, you know, and then, you know, see where the club went, uh, you know, it kind of fell asunder, um, and, and, you know, the fans saved it, and then got a bit of stability, and then obviously the, the manager came in, um, and uh, with his backroom staff, and, and they really took the club forward. You know, the last two years, it's the first time in seven or eight years where it's been going in a positive direction. And, and to win the league, you know, I think the manager's record stands for itself. And, you know, when, when they brought him in, they knew what they were getting, and, and he delivered. Yeah. I, I'm interested to uh, to hear what it's like. At what stage do um, does the celebration end and does focus turn to League One and the challenges ahead? Have you kind of given any thought of that yet, or is it still very much just let's let's just enjoy the great season that we had? Uh, well, we're only we're only uh, yeah. We, I mean, we got promoted three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and it was great. But when, when the season finished, I mean, we became champions. I mean, talk of less than two weeks ago. So I think it's for for most of us, it'd be, it'd be a few weeks of break. You know, get off their feet, let the bodies recover. Um, and we've all been given programs, so I mean they start next week. Oh right, the week of the twenties, um, you know. So from Saturday onwards, you know the programs kick into play, and you follow them pretty much if you can, um, and and you go from there. So work starts again probably next next Saturday for me. All right, okay. Uh, it could have been all so different, Noel. Um, before you joined Southend, I think you were quite heavily linked to the move to Chicago Fire in the MLS. How close was that uh, to actually happening? Yeah, it was quite close. Yeah, almost hopping on a plane close. Um, but you know, I, I got went a win through a friend that um, you know, the week ago I, I had just about agreed terms that Didier Drogba became available to him. Um, and uh, I think you know, I'm I'm a realist in football. You're you're picking Didier Drogba. You're picking No Hunt. You know, it's a no-brainer. Okay. Um, oh, was it a case and, of then? And, and that's what happened. You know. I, yeah, was was it a case of them signing? Sorry? Was it a case of them signing Drogba over you? Yes, yeah, you okay. know they had, they had a budget for one player, and that was it. You know, so they 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 done their most almost to to sign Drogba, um, which is you know I totally understandable. And I said, look, good luck to him. Um, I understand how the game works. Um, and from you know from there on, then um, you know one thing led to another. The next day, my, my wife. 
uh, had fallen pregnant and uh, I needed a club a day to go a day to go before the start of the season. So yeah, um, you know, a bit of a, a rush one, but I was fine obviously with South End. And, and had a season there. Was that a stressful time, Noel? Like, obviously, you suddenly have a family or a larger family to support, and you're suddenly unattached. And like, what's your mindset in that situation? Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely. You spot on. You do think because obviously I've been in work for the last before that twelve years. You know, constantly without having to worry about. And all of a sudden, then, um, you know, I knew I had options out there. Um, and you know, my agent, uh, he's very, very good at what he does. Um, Eamon Collins, and you know, I, you know, a lot, a lot of praise for him because he, you know, he, he he gets the job done, and he, and he's been very very good for me over over the last ten fifteen years, you know. So, um, from, from that retrospect, you know, uh, I was worried, but I wasn't worried if, if that makes sense. You know, I yeah. wanted to get something done. You know, nothing is done until it's done, and you find that you find out that in football. Um, so, you know, it was just a case of you know, right, knuckling down. Um, getting 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 something secured over the next year, so you know, you're, you know, most of my wife wasn't panicking louder than me if 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 that gets me. Yeah. Um, and 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 that was you know that was the main thing because you know your focus does go from being a, a footballer if you're single and you can you can up and leave and go wherever you want and it's all exciting and new. But when you have a wife and then obviously a baby, everything changes and and the respect that goes you know from. You know, you become so unselfish that you just want to make sure that they're happy. Yeah, know? and she's happy, and and the baby's happy, and 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 you don't really get, you don't really care about yourself because you know you're doing the right thing. On agents, so from our point of view, looking into the game and only really accessing it through media and various newspaper reports and TV uh, news stations and all that. The image we have of football agents are the likes of the super agents like Mino Raiola and like George Mendes, these multi-millionaires who are happy to move players from club to club of so course. as to put more money in their own pocket. But when yeah. you talk about your agent being doing a great job for you, like how is an agent a good agent? Oh, look, you know, I think, you know, every footballer, no matter who you are, you know, goes through dark times. Um, and... Sometimes you know your wife doesn't understand, you know what you're trying to tell them or what you're what you're getting because they're not football people, you know. They don't, yeah. You know, I'm, you know, even though my wife thinks she's Alan Hansen after she watches me on a Saturday, and you know, on a night I can never do enough. You know, <laughs> um, she's my biggest critic, which is a great thing because it drives me on. But um, you know, I mean, I had a, I had a you know a, a very dark time for a while there with injuries and. You know, I'm I'm always not beat, and I'm a very positive person. But you know, when one thing leads to another, and it just keeps on repeating itself. You know, you just think, you know, what's the point? You know, so you yeah. know, he he he's been there for me on the phone. You know, whenever I need him, um, and even if he, he you know he he come over, he pop in for a cup of tea, and we go for a bit of dinner, we'd have a chat, and we're friends. You know, we're we're, we're more he's more just me age. You know, he's, he's a close friend that I regard, and I you know I respect his decision. You know, and I, you know I ask him everything. I say, listen. You know, what, if you were me, what would you do? And he tells me straight up, you know, and, and I trust him. That's the big thing, you know, a big thing about agents is trust because there's so many, probably in all walks of life, there's so many cowboys out there, you know, and I, yeah. I mean that, you know, really, there is so many people that out there to do a fast time, you know, and, and for me, I know I trust two, two or three people in football, you know, Eamon is 100% one, my brother would be another, you know, who would turn to for the voice because obviously he's been there and done it and now he's in the agency side of things and, um, and you know a couple of managers that I used to work for. You know, if I ever need yeah. to talk to, they'd, they'd always be there, more than happy to talk to me. Because you know, I, I still stay friends with them, I still talk to them, I still drop messages, um, and uh, and that's the way that I'll always be. You know. Yeah, you mentioned having struggling with a dark time, uh, in a dark time through injury. Noel, would you mind talking a bit more about that? Yeah, I mean, look, you, you know, if you're coming to the end of a contract, um. And you just and you've got you've got I've had a couple of you know dark dark weeks where I've had them injuries where you don't know how serious they are. It could be you could be out for a year, you could be out for six months, you could be out for for, for two months. You know, with a month left on the contract, you know. So yeah. and once that happens, you know, I'm you know I'm, I'm I'll be one of the loyal the, the, the loyalist man in football. You know, in men of football, I, I truly believe that I am. I'm. I'm selfless I'll do what's good for the team I believe that's the way football should be played for the good of the team because there's no one bigger than the team but you know sometimes I mean I've had a couple of injuries over the last few years where you know I've had two months left in the season I've been told I'm out for six months you know that's scary 
because then you got to go right. I need a job. Um, I need to support my wife, my, you know, my, my my children, my child. This is the thing, you know. And um, I had, a, you know, I had a knee injury that was serious at Reading. Um, and, and you know, and you know, they they told you look after me, you know, made sure that I was okay. You know, offered me a new contract. And, and they, you know, they were they were superb to me. So that's why I've got, you know, I've got a great deal of love for Reading. I still live in Reading. Um, mm. and I've got a lot of time for the club there. Um, as so with Portsmouth, you know, I've been, I've been here a year now, and I feel like I'm a part of the club. You know, it's, it's a great club. The manager has been so good to me. This, you know, the, the physio was the, the um, the assistant, all, all them guys. They, you know, they really look after me. I broke my shoulder, and um, with five games to go, I broke and dislocated my shoulder in the game. You know, and, and I, I mean, the chairman phoned me, um, you know, the chief exec phoned me, um, making sure that I was okay and. Wanted to know if there's anything they could do, and that was don't worry about things. You will get us sorted, you know. And you know, it's great to see that the work you do off the field. But, you know, I've you know, I've been doing a lot of off the field, probably talking with with the players, of course, and you know, probably trying to help them understand the game a little bit more. The younger ones, especially, um, and uh, it's great to see that that pays off a little bit, you know. Yeah. Um... You followed in your brother's footsteps in a number of ways, but one of them, one of those ways was playing under Phil Brown. Uh, he had him at Hull, and you had him at Southend. Before you signed for Southend, do you talk? I mean, yeah. do you have conversations with your brother Stephen about well, how did you find this manager, and would I enjoy working with him? Are those conversations that you would have? Yeah, they are, and they're absolutely useless. <laughs> Let me tell you, Stephen Hunt's memory is the worst memory in the world. <laughs> You know that boy. Honest to God, he's ah. Uh, I end up I end up being his wife telling me a couple of things. You know that he used to come home and say, "Never mind, Stephen." So I always say to that, I goes, "When he gets to, when he gets to that age of sixty or seventy, and, and, and dementia hits in, just put him in a home and put him in the worst one ever because he won't remember us. You know he won't remember, he won't remember how bad it is. His, his memory is that bad. You know, and he's just he's great for me. I mean, we speak every day. Yeah. He's great, but you know, you go past a couple of years, he has got no memory. Bless him. He's absolutely mental, um, <laughs> and uh, it's great. But you know, I, I I had a different view of of, of the manager at Port. Uh, at, sorry, I said then that I mean he was a great guy. He was one, one he's one of the guys, one of the lads, and that they were superb. You know, you got Graham Cockling, who was an Irish man from Clondalk, and you know, great, really great coach, good guy. And you got you got Benji, the, the, the you know the physio, who was, was a super lad. You know, yeah. great guy. You got all the guys in the background, the sports science, Mark, and that. You know, and the, Girls, the office as well, and the football club itself is a lovely football club, a great football club. And the fans are, you know, for for the for the numbers they get, they get probably seven, eight, nine thousand. They pop it, you know, they hop, they make the roof blow, um, you know, home and away. And, and I've got a great lot of respect, and I've got a great lot of love for that club. You know, I just, I just felt like, you know, at the time the manager was focusing on other jobs. You know, there was there was talk on about the, the there was talk he was talking about the the boat and job, and there was talk about. The, different things, England job, and I thought, well, you've got, you know, for me, I thought, we're, we're your job, you know, and I just, I just felt that was a little bit, we got left a little bit shortchanged, and maybe, you know, maybe you just didn't realise it, didn't understand, you know, didn't, 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 you know, not see it, but, you know, just didn't, just, just obviously got caught up in the moment of things, and yeah. we left it that season, I felt we left that season go over the way, so we could have really, you know, push for the playoffs and whatnot, but, you know, that's football, I still, I still love the, the club. They're great. I've been so lucky with the clubs I've been at. But, you know, it's just one of them things. Yeah. It was at Southend that you played against Stephen uh, when he was at Coventry uh, for the first time. But I guess <laughs> yeah. I guess there was one hell of yeah. a rivalry growing was. up, was there? Uh, it was funny. He wouldn't speak to you before the game. Uh, he's an idiot, he is. <laughs> he wouldn't speak to you before the game. Very very few words, you know. And, but I do remember, again, a good kick in the backside on, in the game and he was... He, he wasn't happy with it. He wasn't happy with it at all. Um, but yeah, it was nice. It was nice. It was good. It was good. It was good. You know, it was a lovely moment in history for us, for the Hunt family. You know, yeah. We played together for so many years, um, and that was the first time we played played against each other. Yeah. Um, without it being without without we played against each other once before that, and you know, Stephen half remembers it, but we played against each other for the, in a hurling match, a friendly, a hurling friendly when I was I think I would have been twelve, and he would have been fourteen at the time. Uh, going, you know, twelve. I was twelve. Yeah, he was fourteen, and um, both just got sent off <laughs> in, for... in the game for fighting, for fighting, for fighting each, each other. And uh, my dad was referee. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And my dad was referee. So, 
So it just, you know, just sums it up like, well, Asher, look, it was great. Times, <laughs> really great times growing up. We did, we really did. Um, you played together at Reading. You played together at Ipswich. But you also played together at Ireland. I mean. It's what it, it's obviously a yeah. great honor talking out for your country, but to do it with your brother, I mean, that must be that must be pretty special. Ah, look, absolutely, yeah, it was amazing. I'm, I'm just, I'm just a bit gutted that I didn't last a bit longer, you know. So yeah. I deserve, I deserve to be in the squad a couple, you know, after, you know, after the Italy game and whatnot. I, I felt I was a bit frozen out um, after the, the whole Robbie Keane thing with the goal, and you know, it was it, it was just a. It was a, uh, it was it was too short for me. I, I wish I wish went on longer, you know. And um, we had a great time. I mean, came out, you know, got a lot of so much respect for the manager at the time, Chapman. He was an amazing coach. Um, he was great. Like, gave us gave us our debut. You know, Stephen's first goal, my first cap, you know, against Poland at um at Crow Park. You know, you'll never forget these things. I've got, I've got photos in my house, you know, and it's a. Uh, it's it's a it's a fantastic you know memory for me and achievement for the family. Yeah, you mentioned the, the Robbie Keane thing. Just for I assume everyone listening is aware, but just in case you weren't, uh, the late equaliser in Barry against Italy. Um, it was claimed by Robbie Keane, although there was there was uh, more than a suggestion that you perhaps got the final touch. You mentioned being frozen out of the squad after that. Do you think was that related? You're frozen. You're being kind of left out of squads after that. After no, you claiming that yeah. goal. Yeah, I came out and talked about it because you know what, I felt like that it wasn't the time. It wasn't the time, you know. And people were thought, I oh, know he's just bitter and raw. It's not, you know. Look, football is a great deal of my life, but it's not my life. If you if you get me, I, I love winning. I love I love football, but you know, there's so much more in life. For you know, to me, family's more important. Friends are more important. You know, memory memories are more important than money. Um. And, and for me, I just felt like you know after the game, I had a couple of phone calls from people who I, I won't mention, you know, quite high up in the organisation and and then the staff saying, look, you know, we don't want to upset anybody, we're just going to leave it the way it is. You All know, right. I, I pleaded my case saying, yeah, I pleaded my case saying, look, you know, I asked it, I asked them the questions that they scored. One of them, I one of them obviously had scored a couple of times for him, but and he was a legend. But I mean, I asked it. One of the guys in the background said, he ever scored for Ireland and that one? And could he explain to me how it felt? And he, and he said, no, I can't. So I said, well, don't ever, don't ever ring me again. How dare you, you know, tell me that it's something that I've done has been taken away from me, you know. And I remember speaking to, to Brian McDermott about it and he said, look, no, you know in your heart of hearts we scored. That's all that matters. And I do. And I still do. And, I, you know, it's gone. There was, what, four, five, six, seven years ago. It doesn't bother me anymore. It used to really grind me that I got shortchanged, but now I know my heart. I'm happy with, with, with what happened that night. I thought I played well, and I thought I scored. I know I scored, should I say. Um, and it is what it is. Yeah. You know, but, you know, fair play to, to Robbie at the same time. He was thinking the same, same thing. Um, but I know because I watched my foot hit yeah. that ball. And, and, was, and, and that's it. End of story. And was there any tension between you and Robbie in the dressing room afterwards? No. Not at all. Not at all. We got home. We came home on the same on the, on the same the same jet. And we had, I mean, we had games on. The, we had a couple of games on Friday night, and we laughed about it. Cause that's what you know. It was. It was laughing. Although, um, it 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 was obviously a very important landmark for me. I would have thought. You know, definitely. Obviously, yeah. Robbie scored. So he's, he's a hero of mine. He always will be. You know, he, he's, I watched him grow up. He's you know he's Robbie Keane. For me, he's he's an inspiration to the game. He's he's one of the idols. Um, I mean, I can myself, myself, from Shane, Shane Long, Stephen, Josh, Shane, and Kevin. I think it was came home on the same flight, um, and we were all chatting away. So not, not at all, no hard feelings. You can't, I can't have hard feelings against someone who have who, who have followed all my life and adored for what he done and what he did did for football for Ireland. Yeah. So just to clarify, what left you a little bit unhappy was people from the FAI ringing and just saying, "Look, let's just give the goal to yeah, Robbie and leave it yeah, as it is." Yeah, the people involved saying, "Listen, look, look, we don't want to upset anybody." And obviously, look, of course, he, he's Robbie Keane. He, he is. He he is Mr. Royal. And if you, I know, still say that you know, I know Shay's been there, but you know, everyone remembers he got the, the, the goal scoring legends of Ireland, and, and he's the best, the best that we've ever had, and he's probably the best we'll ever we'll ever have for a long, long time. Um, and and you know, so for me, it was just the way it was dealt with, you know, and the way I was just probably dismissed. Yeah. You know, so I, felt, I felt in the Poland game, I came on, had an impact. 
Um, I, I, I thought I'd done okay. I'd, I'd done decent okay against Montenegro. Um, you know, I, I was up against a six four eight, a six six four six boy that I won every header. You know, I, <laughs> yeah. I, and I created a few chances for us. Um, and I felt that uh, in the Italy game that you know Steve got man of the match. And I came on and made, made a positive impact myself and Caleb Fallon. Um, in that game, and obviously I felt that I had, that I had a very positive influence on in us. Yeah, sorry, I, d- I don't labour too much, but I just want to ask you one last question about that incident, Noel. That do you Absolutely. think? Do you think if that didn't happen, is that if the if it was clear who had scored the goal, and there was never any doubt about it, if that hadn't happened, do you think you would have got more caps for Ireland? Um, I would have liked to have thought so. Yeah, I mean, the season after that, I was bang, I banged a couple of about two or three goals in the Premier League. Yeah. Um, in a row. You know, there was two, there was two or three internationals in that time, and I was playing in the Premier League week in week out. But there was boys that were in the squad ahead of me, so that I felt that you know what, I'm doing it at the highest level I, I possibly can, and it was still like uh, not, I didn't get a phone call I wanted. So, but at the same time, like I said to you, I'm, I'm a positive man. I, I I used it in a positive way that um I could get extra work done in the training ground, I could stay in and do a bit extras and whatnot, and and. Uh, and get ready for our next league game that was in two weeks' time. Yeah, you know. Um, but looking back around now, yeah, I felt that I could have deserved. I should. I felt that I should have maybe had a few more caps. Yeah. Um, to look ahead to the future, you're looking ahead to a League One season with Portsmouth. Um, and but you have kind of you've done a bit of commentary now for around the Reading game. At what do you start thinking about life after football and what you will do post retirement, or is it just you just want to live every minute of the day yeah, as a footballer? I, mean, I don't. I don't think. Yeah, I don't think commentary would be my thing, <laughs> um, <laughs> unless you get subtitles on the radio. I don't know. I'm not too sure, but uh, I mean, I've been, I've been, I've been coaching for a couple of years now. And I do, I do enjoy the coaching. I do enjoy, you know, the development of players and 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 you know, making the you know showing. Me, Younger players, 18, the importance, the importance of winning games and the fine details, and the fine margins, the, the, little, the little things that make the big difference. So I mean, I, I do enjoy the coaching side of it. So hopefully, I look at really coaching and managing one day. Yeah. Um, one last question, Noel, and we put every football guest we have on the spot, um, and we we ask them name the two best players you've ever trained with. Now, not necessarily who did it on the pitch, but who did it, who did it most often, and who trained did it best with. on the training pitch. I think um, for me, I think one of one of the big ones is Richard Dunn. Okay. I felt like on the training pitch, he he was, you know, I mean, playing for Ireland, such a big man. He was so quick. He was he done everything with pure, you know, everything with intent, and he worked so hard. Um, and, and he was a legend, you know, absolute legend in my eyes of what he's done for for, for Irish football. You know, um, I'm trying to think the best trainer for. I've got. You know, it's a left field, but for me, I think Adam Federici is one. Okay, of he's got to be the best trainer I've seen. You know, uh, he puts everything into training every day, all day. Um, he lives his life for football. And he's a great pro. You know, he does everything in the best interest of of his game. Um, and he's one probably the best trainer. Okay. I've seen. Uh, well, no, I, I'll probably come close to even even along with. Stephen, to be fair, he's, he was always giving everything every day in training as well. So yeah. I know I'll get a phone call off him if I don't say, I used to, I used to do the most work in the training. And he did, to be fair, he used to you know, do everything in the training. So, uh, I mean, so yeah, that, yeah, there you go, put him in. <laughs> that works for us. Uh, Noel Hunt, thank you so much for joining us. The listeners won't be aware, but uh, I did ring no. him. I did ring you and interrupted your golf game earlier on today. So we, uh, I, do, I do appreciate okay, you taking I'm, the I was call. Doing, I was doing a, I was only on the Val de Lobo course in Portugal, one of the most pristine courses in, in, in Portugal, but no phones allowed, I snuck it out for you. <laughs> Noel, thanks a million. No worries, Gav. See you, mate. At Ladbrokes, if one team lets you down on your ACA of five teams or more, you'll get your money back as a free bet up to €25. Euro. Ladbrokes, online, mobile and in-shop. 18 plus, terms and conditions apply. Dunlewy.net. Delighted for Hunty picking up a League Two winners medal with Portsmouth. Um, it's like playing for Portsmouth in the situation they're in. It's like, from our perspective, it's like doing a FIFA career. You know, it's a club okay. with a lot of history that should be higher. So he's he's etching like ultimately Portsmouth. They re, like they finally now appear to be have a few things in order and be able to work to get back to where they weren't war once were. It's difficult to say, um, but if they do now. 
it's it's players like Hunter, the ones the fans are really going to remember for for going there and when the when the backs were against the wall and the shit had hit the fan <laughs> and trying to help them out of a, a terrible situation. So it's great to see them succeeding in that. Um, that was a, an interesting interview with an interesting guy. It's mm. time to go on to the Labrooks Bear of the Week. Now, as we mentioned at the top, Gavin O'Callaghan, uh, what a shout last nailed week. Nailed it, absolutely I think it was 12-1, to 1, Fernando Llorente to be the first goal scorer and Swansea to beat Sunderland. Um, okay, Swansea beating Sunderland, maybe not the biggest surprise in the world, but to get the fir- first goal scorer right as well is um, a performance level that we've never seen on this podcast. No, we've given debuts before in the Labrooks Better of the Week slot and, you know, it's totally understandable for someone to, to be a bit uh, apprehensive coming yeah. in there not want to make too much of a splash and not go too outlandish, which is bullshit because we've been so bad that it's really hard for them to be, to be any worse if they are making their debut. I know we've had debut David Kento Kent yeah. on the uh, on the podcast. He's done well for us before, but what an impact Gavin's made straight in there with a Lorente and Swansea. It was, it, was an, it was an incredible change. Now insecurities now mean that he can never return. As uh, so we do have to, uh, <laughs> well, I have. Does he uh, want to? This is the thing. Does he want to tarnish his legacy, or does he want to retire undefeated? Off, yeah, ride off into the distance as some sort of Balzari podcasting legend. That remains to be seen. But what um, what we can tell you is that the uh, better the week this week. Mm-hmm. involves Crystal Palace and Manchester United. Crystal Palace to draw with United Old Trafford on the final day of the Premier League uh, season. It's priced at 12-5. to 5. Uh, I'm the one that picked it. I originally hovered over a Palace win, but I just don't think United will be beaten at home. But I do think, as Mourinho has said, uh, said after the Spurs game, Premier League games, we just don't want to play them. Yeah, I mean, Alex or, or Sam Allardyce, sorry, is... I mean, nothing gets him higher, apart from the smell of his own farts, nothing gets him higher than beating traditionally big teams in England. So he'll have his players well up for that. Jose won't. Uh, the United players don't care anymore. But as he said, it is at Old Trafford. There'll be a certain degree of expectancy from the crowd that the players will need to perform. But a draw, I mean, how, how a draw is better than 2-1, to one, I have absolutely no idea. So uh, uh, 12 to 5 so, so get is, uh, on it uh, Labricks have plenty of other offers as well uh, they're offering double odds in the following games if you're winning first goal scorer scores in the opening 20 minutes of these games Leicester, Leicester against Spurs on Thursday and then Celtic Hearts Arsenal Everton Watford Man City and Hull Spurs on the Sunday uh, in addition we have a couple of enhanced offers for you in store in the following games to, uh, tonight and Wednesday uh, Southampton against Manchester United uh, Marcus Rashford to score and United to win is at 4-1 to one, or you can get Manolo Gabbiadini to score two or more goals at 10-1 to one. And the championship playoffs between Sheffield Wednesday and Huddersfield. Sheffield Wednesday to win and three or more goals to be scored in the match is at seven to two. Or you can get Fernando Forestieri to score first at five to one. A Juve Lazio in Italy, Juventus to win and three or more goals in the match at three to one. Gonzalo Higuain, that expensive donkey to score in Juve to win is at five to two. Or you can r- put them all together in an enhanced treble uh, for Manchester United, Sheffield Wednesday and Juventus all to win Ooh. is at twelve to one. Uh, and then finally on Thursday between Leicester and Tottenham, you can get De- Delhi Ali as first goal scorer at eleven to two, or a very tasty one is Harry Kane to score and Tottenham to win at two to one. Those Juventus. Bets yeah. are absolutely delicious. Because you've got beaten I mean, against Roma, so you can be pretty yeah, sure that they'll absolutely. be pretty on point against Lazio. I think it was Banucci or Barzagli. One Banucci. Of bees, one, of, um, one of Juventus' big bees came out and said uh, that wasn't good enough, and we have fallen into a trap of you know expecting that we're going to win the title and just waiting for it to happen. And uh, they weren't happy with how they lost to Roma. They're at home, where yeah. they, all they do is win, and if they don't win, there's absolutely no chance that they'll lose. Lazio have had a really good season, but um, Juventus... Are going to win that game, so uh, so that those bets are extremely tasty. There, that is all we've got time for there, uh, this week. You'll know that there's an absence of pundit watch because you know probably the most notable. We'll give you a quick one then. Yeah, uh, go on. <laughs> probably the most notable thing I saw over the weekend was Robbie Savage versus Chris Sutton on BT Sports. You know, kind of like couchy yeah. Soccer Saturday uh, take. They um, Chris Sutton was hammering home the point that. Uh, you know, United finishing sixth is unacceptable. And Robbie Savage was going, yeah, but, you know, two cups and European qualification. I mean, you can't say that that's a failure. That's literally, like, if you offered that to every Manchester United fan and didn't tell them the, the fine print at the start <laughs> of the season, they'd be like, absolutely, in the Champions League and winning two cups. So finishing sixth is is, 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 a, is 
shocking, really, um, especially because of the points that have been thrown away. But Chris Sutton was trying to argue that, you know, it's ridiculous for, for Man United to accept it. But, but Savage was actually really good and, and very level-headed. Possibly it's the fact that he used to play for Manchester United and had a soft spot for them. But um, You forget that Savage was one of the class of 92, <laughs> you wasn't do, Well, it was like the, you the do kind of the dull kid who was so heavily back. involved. Yeah. Um, but no, he was eventually let go and went on to have a, a fantastic career of being elbowed by referees. But, um, but yeah, not much else to, uh, to write home about elsewhere. I know Johnny Giles upset a lot of Spurs fans by claiming that Eric Dyer was just not a midfielder, which... Well, know, what is he, sir? Well, a centre-back? He's, he's a, a hybrid defender. He's, he plays Pochettino's uh, uh, system very well and fits it. I don't know how he'd do... Like, there's a lot, there was a lot of reports about Manchester United possibly signing Eric Dyer, and it was like... Where would they play him? Yeah. It would just be a very, very weird signing to make. But the real, the best part about um, the Eric Dyer criticism okay. from, from Gilesy, who's someone I really do uh, have a lot of time for, by the way. But uh, <laughs> the best part of that was he said that Dyer, he held up Dyer as an example of, of, of why coaching in England is wrong and why, you know, they've had these failed experiments in the past. But when it comes down to it, they value physicality over everything else. Mm. And Dyer is exemplary of that. Ignoring the fact that Dyer came through Sporting Lisbon <laughs> Academy, <laughs> where of course they encourage you know beautiful Portuguese flowing football, and Eric Dyer uh, signed for Spurs from <laughs> from Sporting from Sporting Lisbon. So that yeah, Spurs fans weren't impressed by that. But that's 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 our brief non-segmented pundit watch because that's all we've got time for you here in the Balls Eye Football Show that, this week. A reminder to rate us and comment on iTunes if you are using that system. We've also got Libs In, which is the one you'll see at the bottom of the post that we put up on site regarding this podcast. We're also on... Um, I, are we still on SoundCloud? No. No, so I won't <laughs> say that. Um, but you can get us. You can listen to us if you want. You're, yeah. you're, you're already listening to us. So thanks for that. And then a thank you for uh, listening all the way throughout the season from myself and Gavin and all of us here at Balls at We will catch you for the next one.